Hey everybody, welcome back to the Dundee Church Podcast here from Dundee Presbyterian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. My name is J.D. Gorlad. I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church, and I'm, I'm joined by our intrepid theologian, <laughs> the, the, uh, wow! The, what? I don't know. I'm the, intrepid. The, the, uh, That's it. I'm going back to bed. Uh, I think we, we've. Made oh, I was it. talking about Jonathan. I wonder. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, Keith Holmes. Uh, Our good buddy Keith Holmes joins us once again. We're in John chapter seven. We've been covering the book of John for several weeks. Mm-hmm. We're doing a deep dive. So open up your Bibles to John chapter seven, starting in verse twenty-five. We're going to. Finish off the, the uh, seventh chapter. I begin mm. though, uh, Keith. How are you? Are I'm you well? Doing, What's the report from well. the top of the hill? <laughs> huh? Doing very well, thank you thank very you for, much. For yes. def- descending from on high. Yes, to join yes. Ingratiate, ingratiating myself to you, indeed. Thank you. Uh, today, uh, Jesus encounters a very um, confused crowd, and, yeah. and if you remember our last Bible study, he was going to the festival of booths. Uh, which is a big festival, the ta- festival of tabernacles. A lot of people would gather, and uh, he had to be uh, kind of talked into going. He reluctantly goes, and now he's there, and uh, what happens? We'll see. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Read uh, verses 25 through 52 in your own time. We're just here to discuss it. Right, right. We're leading a, uh, a really, I think, a very good Bible study right. in this in these series of podcasts. Podcasts. There's an ancient syllable there. There is. Yes. It's the no. uh, what the Egyptian pro- pronunciation. Yes, 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 the podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Um. So. So. Yeah. We're we're anticipating that you you know you read these in your own time. You've and, got to put some work in. Right, right. But we, we encourage you to do it because it's good work. It's work right. of the Lord, as right. my wife tells me. And and you know, and encourages me that this is, you know, that when we when we seek God's face in his word, it is just an absolute treat for us. Amen, brother. That's a good it. there's a good word. And there we're gonna go. open with the question for all yes. of you. In what areas of your life are you least converted to Christianity? Now, my colleague and good friend Keith has already (laughs) (laughs) declared that he is going to claim the fifth. I'm pleading the fifth. He's going to plead the fifth. In other words, he's afraid that he may uh, incriminate himself. I've I've got options. Well, the the question has to do with conversion and the fact that you could be converted, but not completely. That, That we're converted to Christianity but there are areas of our lives that are more converted than others. It's really a sanctification rather than right. a salvation question. It right. has to do with what part of the process are you? Is Jesus still trying to convert you? Right. And, and, uh, as, as my, an old pastor, a friend of mine used to say, my biggest problem is solved. I'm not going to hell. Right. My my salvation is assured. Your sins are forgiven. Right. However, there are things I need to work on. Right. And we, it, and you're not. Are you over pleading the fifth? No. Or what, no. What, no what, yeah. Are you going to participate? I, no, I am. And I, and and honestly, I think it's my attitudes toward people that aren't fully converted yet. Because, really. You know, I go along, and I, you know, and of course we joke, and I tell stories about my driving, but I think. You know, I, I go along and I'm doing really well. I'm 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 listening to God. I'm learning from the things that He teaches me. But then every once in a while, mm. I just say, "This guy's an idiot," mm-hmm. or "I can't stand this person," mm-hmm. or you know, "How do I forgive?" Mm. With um, you know, and and you know, a page of from my life. Just yesterday, I was up. Um, 
taking care of some things uh, on an old, on the family farm, my wife's family farm, and I had to work with my sister-in-law who very much hurt my wife, mm. and I had to forgive her. I had to, you know, my attitude had to change. But up until yesterday, as I'm driving up there, I'm not sure I'm ready to do that. I'm not. And, you know, he says, judge not unless you be judged. Don't judge others unless you want to be judged that Mm -hmm. way. And as I'm driving up there, I'm praying and I'm saying to him, I'm like, you know, God, help me through this time. And and it. And it was fine, and yeah. it worked out. And I and and I realized, yes, I can forgive. I have forgiven, and it just so so. Yeah, I think what gets me, and it it it, what is it pulls me up short mm. is sometimes I catch myself in those attitudes toward people and realize I'm not quite as converted as I think I am in some ways. Well, we're using that word converted. Right. Um, and you might say, eh, you're not using that ex- completely right. Yeah. Uh, I don't like how you're using that. But I think you get the point of what we're trying to say right. is that, uh, uh, and I think you give a great example there of uh, you knew you had to forgive, but you weren't there right. yet. You asked whether or not you were ready. I find that life does not wait for me to be ready for, <laughs> for anything. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. No, right? I mean, right. I mean, people will say, well, I'm not ready for fill in the blank. And right. I, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't make, that. that's hardly worth bringing up. The right. Life, God is not going to wait for you to be ready. Amen. And it was amen like, uh, God's, and I laugh about it. It's like, hey, we're going through the Red Sea, but we're not going to do that until you guys are ready to do it. I mean, Jesus does not. <laughs> He doesn't do. He doesn't do that. There's never a moment in, in any yeah. scripture where it's like, okay, we'll wait until you're ready. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the closest co- is Gideon, who basically dra- drives God out of his mind. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. hey, I'm going to put some more wool out. Uh, you know, don't don't be like that. But for me, you know, I think you know, I, I think about uh, that. I need to be more fully converted in my witness to the people closest to me mm. uh, as a minister. Uh, you know, I'm here, I think, providing a witness uh, to the kingdom and to Jesus Christ professionally and in large groups in front in public displays and all that kind of Then I withdraw. I'm really big into withdrawing. Right. And it's a, this is a thing for me. And this, some of that's good, but none of it's not so good where I withdraw into my... And I'm not, you know, having pagan worship festivals right. by, without anybody knowing or anything like that. I'm just not... Uh, being as strong a witness as I think I should be with my wife and my kids and in that inner circle where yeah. I was like, I'm letting my guard down and you know, I'm really not representing that as strongly to them as I, I think I'd like sometimes. Right. And there are other things, areas of money, areas of emotion, you know, be self-controlled and alert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my anger uh, mm-hmm. is, you know, if I, if I allowed my anger to be converted to, to Jesus Christ, you're not going to help be, and it might sound odd to say it that way, you're not going to help getting angry. There are going to be things that make oh, you yeah. emotional, that, that, that hit that nerve, that make you angry. But in the moment of being angry, are, is your anger converted to Jesus Christ where you're going to express that or process that in a really a positive way? A lot of times I do. A lot of times I don't. Mm. And, man, the shame of that, yeah. um, whether anybody saw me express that or not, is, is, a, is a burden. I guess that's a good thing to feel terrible 
that indicate about that right. because then yeah. that indicates that yeah. you know you care about Jesus Christ and what He thinks of how you're behaving, what you're saying, what you're choosing to do. Yeah. Uh, I bring that up as an opening question because John chapter seven twenty five through fifty two. Keith, I don't know how you, I mean, I look at this as this, I don't want to say it's a comical scene because it's really not, but Jesus is in the midst of a great crowd at this festival of booths, and mm-hmm. the crowd, what he's encountering, he's he's trying to have a conversation with a large, not an individual, but a large group of people. Mm-hmm. How would you categorize the crowd that he encounters in this scene? What would well, be some words that you would use? Well, mixed, certainly, right? Mm-hmm. The first word that comes to mind, some, because as you look, at, you know, as you look down at 30, 31, you know, they, they tried to lay hands on him, but they couldn't. And then others say to, then the others say, uh, start believing him in and say, when the Messiah does come, will he do any, will he do better than this? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got two factions more or less going. I'm sure there's apathy in there too, right? There's plenty of people that are like, well, this is okay, whatever. I'm, I think yeah. I'd wish that there were only two factions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously, I think there's just different variants. Yeah. Of belief and unbelief, that, right? I mean, yeah. I just see a, a complete splintering of this of this whole crowd, right? And Jesus is dealing with that splintering. I mean, right. you bring up, hey, if the Messiah comes, will he do anything better than that? Right? You know, it's. I think they're seriously asking that question. Right. I, I think some people oh, they are, are where they're like. Could this be the Messiah? I don't know. What do you think? All this yeah. kind of stuff, you yeah. know. Well, I love that line. I, you know, when the Messiah comes, will he do more signs than this man has done? I mean, that could be a life verse, mm-hmm. right? It's like, why do you, why do you trust Jesus? Well, why not? Mm-hmm. It, would any other right. deity be any greater than this? Exactly. I mean... But their answer to the question isn't necessarily yes. There isn't anybody true. says, yes, you know, you're right. This is... You're right. right. He's fulfilling all his... It's an answer that just goes out into the air right. without anybody answering and, and, and people right. just sitting there questioning and wondering. Right. The crowd is 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 confused. You, oh, absolutely. Uh, Very confused. I there mean, is faith. There is a desire mm-hmm. to believe. There's excitement. Yep. Yep. There's but there's there's debate. There's yep. you know, so going back to our original question, this crowd is not converted. Uh, it, or maybe wants to be converted, yeah. but you know it's a mess, yeah. isn't it? Well, I mean, you're talking about a group of people that wanted a Messiah. They they they're living in anticipation of the chosen one freeing them. Mm-hmm. Only they're thinking we're going to be free from Rome. We're going to be free from oppression. We're you know we're going to get to be kings again. We're mm-hmm. going to have the kingdom of David returned mm-hmm. on earth. Right. And and so that's what they're looking for. But some of them I think get it. And like I said, I kind of I kind of stick on that one line in there. And it's like because I think the light bulb, the Holy Spirit, has finally lit a light bulb in some of their heads mm-hmm. and hearts and said, you know. There's, there aren't going to be anybody. There's no one better than this. Right. There couldn't be. Right. And and so, but yeah. But then you look, you know, then you look at the leaders of the time. You know, Jesus is not conforming to what they want. Therefore, they're angry with him. You know, he's 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 a, a, a Sabbath breaker. You know, in their minds. In their minds, he's you know he's not following the rules. At, you know that they've their, made their rules, exactly, right. that They've put in place, mm. but they're only doing it to save us from breaking God's rules. I mean, you know, it started out as a really good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, let's build a fence ten feet away from the edge of that cliff, and uh, oh, there's a fence on the edge of the cliff. But let's build one ten feet away. Mm. Oh, you really shouldn't even go within ten feet of that one. So let's build another. You know, they just start 
building you into this into this you know smaller and smaller box. What road but, is built with good intentions? Right, right, exactly. It's interesting for me, Keith, to think in terms of the crowd being personified in mm. my own life. Oh yeah. Uh, in in so I'm kind of going off book here a little bit as we categorize the crowd as we talk about the crowd. I want to encourage our listeners in my own, the two of us, our own thinking to think in terms of me being that crowd of, right. of, of saying, who is this guy? I don't, where did he come from? Why is he able to do all this stuff? Is anybody else going to do anything better than this? And then the Pharisees say, well, he'll, you know, he's not, we've got, rule, we've got rules, we've got this, there's no way this can, that guy can be the right guy and all this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, this continues on for, for a good bit of yeah. our podcast and our study right. because the people uh, are struggling, the crowd is struggling with Jesus. And I, as I think about the crowd, I you know, I really identify with that struggle. There, there's so much of me that just embraces Jesus and says, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, son of God, atoning sacrifice, forgiven by grace, yep. only chance I've gotten, all that kind of stuff. But then I'm like, uh, you know, if I was in his presence, how would, would I react any differently right. than, than the disciples or the Pharisees? And who would I side with? And, you know, where would I be? I'd probably be kind of off to the side hedging my bets because I tell you something, what human beings do better, just about better than anything else other than lying to themselves, is they hedge. The, <laughs> they hedge. I mean, people That's hedge. True. They hedge yep. and they hedge and they hedge, yep. trying to keep their options open, yep. all that kind of stuff. To the very last second till I have to commit. And it's mm-hmm. Natural to me that Jesus encountering that crowd, that he would be like you, and he says this: "You know me, yeah. You, you, you know who I am. You know that I come. You can see from the works themselves." Type of a speech. Uh, yeah. Why are you hedging? That he would be upset with me hedging and me right. being confused and me being flat out stupid in some yeah. of my reactions to him because we see that in these pages too where they just they're just like well what do you think he might be an alien what if, right. you know, he, they oh, yeah. don't say that yeah. but I mean but they, they may as well say, right. say have these kinds of reactions I don't know how Jesus can stand it you know <laughs> so and so yeah I like I said I'm with you on that I you know but yeah working working this around to like what we always like to do is putting ourselves in the story. Yeah. How do we react right. to Jesus? How do we react? And and I think your opening question is really great in that. You well, know, thank you very much. Right, right? Mutual admiration Let's society. Let's go have lunch. But now. it's really great that, you know, because it gets us thinking about that because this is what I think, you know, what we had in mind, or at least I see what I had in mind in answering that question is like, what am I hedging? What am I right. kind of going, well, I'm going to keep this going over here, yeah. but I mean, I'm saved. I love Jesus, and Jesus loves me, but I want to kind of keep this yeah. going on over here, and I'll get rid of it just before I die. Right. You know? This is and, the part that Jesus can't see right. or doesn't... Right. I, yeah. I just tell myself he doesn't care. Now, yeah. the, uh, the other part of it, as far as putting yourself into the Scripture, Keith, mm. the, here, here's the Pharisees. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think they're doing? What are they trying to do? Uh, and what are they telling themselves as they as they do that? Isn't it interesting? It yeah. is because now the Pharisees, if you don't know, they're the religious leaders. Right. They're the serious people. Right. They're 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 religious leaders to a certain extent, but mainly what they are is they're just real rule makers, rule observers. Right. Right. They are the serious people in society. Right. What do you think they're trying to do? I liken them to the big brother in the prodigal son. Yes. They're the ones that stayed with God, worked on work that didn't have a good relationship with right. God, right. but 
because they never could get close to God. Mm-hmm. This, I think, was one of the big things their rules did to them, is mm. that they said, if we follow our rules, then we will be saved. Yeah. We don't have to have a relationship with God. We just have to do what we're told. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I think they're, they're telling themselves, this guy's, this guy's a maniac. Because? Because he's telling them it's a relationship, mm-hmm. that it, it isn't about the rules, that it isn't about what we want. Mm-hmm. And so this guy's a maniac because he's not doing it the way that we've always done. Right. It. And he's and 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 now in these next two chapters over these next few uh, few podcasts we're going to get to we're moving from oh he's a sabbath breaker he's a maniac to he's a blasphemer. Mm-hmm. Because now we're getting Great into point. So they progress. They're progressing now. These the, you know John is kind of laying this out in these two chapters. We're moving away from oh he's just this nut job Oh, he's an annoyance. Oh, he's really not. Oh, he's okay. He's claiming he's God. He's a blasphemer. So this is an interesting point, if I may. Yeah. You, you you're talking about the fact that they, it's Pharisees start off with a simple intellectual yeah. objection, if you will, yeah. and then they progress to the point where they crucify him on a cross. Right. And then we're also asking, you know, how do we find ourselves in Scripture? We've already done that with the crowd. Now yeah. I'm really asking, how do you how do you yeah. see that in yourself? Yeah with the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the serious, and they're trying to keep control of their system of of stuff. We do the same thing. Jesus comes in, and, you know, he confuses us. He he disorients us. And then that part of us that's really serious about certain things uh, reacts to him with, oh, hey, wait a minute. You're crazy. You're offending me. I'm just going to try to keep a lid on this. I'm going to try to keep you down and organized. And at first, I'm going to, what you're saying, and I I think it's fascinating, is it starts off with, oh, this guy's a crackpot. This guy's an idiot. I can easily dismiss this guy. Right, but then as it goes, it progresses for the Pharisees, and then therefore, why not us? To the point where we're hanging them on a cross. Well, I think you get to the point that we have here in John 25 through, you know, John, yeah, 7, 25 through 31. You're, 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 You're at a point. Now there's this is a tipping point for people. It's like, well, are we are we going to believe that he's the Messiah? And there there could be nothing better, even if if you know, even if the Messiah comes, is how could there be anything better than Jesus? Mm-hmm. Or are we saying, no, we are going to steadfastly hold on to our our beliefs and what we want, our will. Mm-hmm. You know, in the end, we talked about that last night. Our will. Right. Not God's will, but right. our will, what we want. Right. You know, and, and I mean, that's what these guys are doing. It's like we think we know what God wants. So much. So much so that we're going to deny his son. Mm-hmm. You know, to like you said, to the point of crucifixion, to, to death. Right. We're gonna kill him. Right. You know, and, and I think a lot of a lot of us, a lot of unbelievers, you know, even believers tend to Kill him, you know, beat him down to the point of trying to kill him out of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, unbelievers can do that really well because they, you know, they're just like, no, I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to accept this. And they keep beating away at this, chipping away at this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whereas, you know, there, I, I, I like to think I'm one of those guys that was like, well, there could be nothing better mm-hmm. because here, and like I said, that's <laughs> I've now chosen my life verse. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this but, is good. I'm sorry, am I interrupting? No, 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 no. But see, this is good Bible study because, you know, when you're reading the Bible, you can read it as if you're observing 
something from 2,000 years right. ago, and you are, and you, can, and you can sit there and say, oh, wow, you know, look at how the Pharisees oh, reacted. Those silly people are, look, oh, And look at how, look at how yeah. the, the crowd reacted. Right. And you can just judge from, from afar. Yeah. What you're doing, what we're trying to do here is say, okay, how are you like two completely different things? Um, are you are you like how are you like the crowd and how you like are you like the Pharisees? Absolutely. And which is better? The truth of the matter is is that the crowd is confused. They're saying lots of things back back and forth, cross talk. Lots of what is this? What does this mean? Right. That is that that confusion, that disorientation yeah. of this crowd is actually a better part than the certainty with which the Pharisees encounter Jesus. Right. Where they're they're certain of their life and of how life and relationship with God is going to be. There's just a big bunch of rules in the way. Right. I think you're exactly right that they, the relationship is the last thing that they really want to have with God. Right. They want to have just relationship with rule keeping. Right. And, but they're certain, and that certainty is even more dangerous than confusion. Oh, absolutely. And, and, but, uh, but we don't uh, see it that way. If I'm no, confused, oh no. my gosh, I'm lost. Not as much as you think. You're closer right. to the kingdom of God if you're confused than if you're certain of, and, and you're certain of something that is not the right thing. Well, one of the, one of, something you said yesterday, last night, which really struck a chord is God brings uncertainty into our life and doesn't take it out. Mm-hmm. He lets us... It, it, you know, live through it. He brings us through it, and he revels in this with us because he knows that you know through our uncertainty, through our doubt, will come change and will bring us closer to him. Mm-hmm. But if yeah, if you go in with the idea, if you go into your Bible studies, or if you go into church, if you go into any kind of setting where you're just like, I know everything I need to know, right? And I we do, need, yeah, and absolutely. we do. And and the the more educated you are, the more dangerous that that. Uh, you know, chance is the opportunity for you to feel that way is is, right. is that you go in saying, "Well, I don't really need to learn anything today." But you don't I, you don't I, say that consciously, though. No, not well. Some do, I think. You know, <laughs> no, I do. I think some people sit there and go, "No, I'm just here to worship." Yeah, I don't need to hear what JD is going to say in his sermon today because I already know, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's and that's sad. And then you're dead where you stand. Right. Yeah. Amen. So then, with all that being said, I find it to be interesting how Jesus handles the whole thing because, mm-hmm. you know, I think I would anticipate Jesus, you know, really stooping to our weakness and, you know, the crowd's confused, mm-hmm. to say the least. And, I, yeah. and again, I say that confusion splinters into like a hundred different directions. Right. Everybody's saying all kinds of things, and and you know, and and I mean, almost comical. I mean, Monty Python could just and has just and done ton, well, done yeah. tons of great stuff with this, from a you know where hey, I, my cousin said this or whatever, yeah. and then the Pharisees are comp- they're not confused, right. but they're even more lost than the, than the crowd. That's the argument we're making now. How does Jesus deal with that? Does he stoop sympathetically? To where we, I, he doesn't, does he? No. I mean, he just rises no. up and he, he, you know me, I am the son of, yeah. you know, I, my father, I know my father. All he speaks in con, in confusing language to them, but in very direct language about who he actually is. How yeah. would you characterize how he deals with all that? Well, I think you know, as I look over here, you know, I look down at thirty-seven and and the sub 
the subheading here is rivers of living water. So obviously he gives them hope, right? He gives them an opportunity to see who he is, that he, he will, you know, f- you know, from believers comes, you know, flows rivers of living water because they believe in the, in, in the Holy Spirit will work with them. And although he hasn't come yet, as the Bible points out, he hasn't, because Jesus hasn't been glorified. But he's like saying, he's, you have a choice here, folks. Let's let's get on board. I, you know, I, I laughingly say that you know he just well, how does he handle the crowd? He just throws fuel on the fire. You mm-hmm. know, he pours a little kerosene on there, mm-hmm. oil on there, I guess, because you know it it gal- he's galvanizing those splinters. Mm-hmm. I think he's saying, look, you, you know, you know who I am, you know where I come from, but you you're not seeing that I'm coming from the Father. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, at this point, the Pharisees are just, you know, probably foaming at the mouth now, mm-hmm. you know, because they're starting to realize this guy's getting out of hand yeah. to them. Um, but, you know, to the crowd, the, you know, so, so yeah, I, like I said, I think the way he handles it is, it, is, is he, brings, he brings more things to think about to us. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 and again, but he doesn't just leave us Mm -hmm. you know he doesn't just simply say oh well if you believe in me there's living water i'm gonna you're never gonna thirst again okay i gotta go bye Mm -hmm. you know and walks away no he 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 stands in there with us as we work through this yeah he he blesses us by also not being patient with us yeah i mean he i mean he you cannot say that jesus was a sellout he does he has an opportunity to sell out particularly the pharisees he he has the opportunity to say yeah i see that i've really made you uncomfortable and your system uncomfortable I didn't really mean that right and I mean um, let me let me walk let's, that back yeah, a little bit yes. and and he doesn't do that he, he isn't very patient with the confused crowd instead he says let anybody who's thirsty come to me right. and I will give them drink well and you'll never thirst again well that's a great invitational thing he's staying engaged but he's right. also saying it in a very spiritual way what does he mean that I'm thirsty what does he mean right. that he's going to get he he gives you an invitation, but you got to think your way through it, and right. you, you've got to you, you've got to engage in what that means. You've got to continue to wrestle with that. You've got to continue to disarm yourself. So he does stay in there, but he does it in on his terms yep. with his language, yep. and he does not sell out, and he does not he doesn't sit around and wait. Like I said, he's like he doesn't sit around and wait for you to get ready. <laughs> yes. for well, to no, cross well, the red, yeah. red Sea. We're crossing right. the Red Sea. Yeah. Well, I'm scared. No, I don't care. It's time to go. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. I don't understand how you're going to do this. Explain the science of it. I'm not going to do that. Can't, We're just going. Well, it's you like any, any parent knows is eventually you get to the point of because I said so. Exactly. Right? I mean, you get to that point and God gets to that point with us. That's a great, that's a great characterization of what well, happens here. You know, he just, he's like, look, I'm giving you this. I'm giving you that. Now let's go. Yeah. Let's do this. And well, I don't be, why? Why are we doing it? Because I said so. Now there because is, you know who I am, and you know I'm your, I'm the authority here. Because I said so. Now there's a great moment here that I want to point out to people in verses. Check out verses 45 and 46, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 47 to he, he, uh, 45. Then the temple police mm. went back to the chief priest. So the temple police would have been in the crowd at the festival, keeping the peace, you know, keeping people organized, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. Temple police, and they're, they've been told, you know, keep your ears open and keep your eyes open for right. a second. Then the temple police went back to the chief priest for whom they worked, right, and, and the Pharisees, who, and they asked the temple police, why did you not arrest him? 
I mean, in other words, according to our standards, case yeah. closed. Right. Why didn't you arrest him? Didn't we send you there to arrest him? Find yeah. something. Do something. And the police answered them, never has anyone spoken like this. Then the Pharisees replied, surely you have not been deceived too, have you? I mean, they're just, they're just completely and totally sure of themselves. But the, te- the te- testimony of the temple police is very important. I mean, yeah. They're there to arrest him, and just they don't necessarily get what Jesus is saying. They have not necessarily become converted. But at the same, to, to being a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, certainly they haven't. But they can see in how he is, and they can mm-hmm. see in what he says that this is no ordinary deal, and, right. and I just, I'm, I'm, I know you told me to arrest him, but I'm just not down for that. I That's fascinating that. to yeah. me. Well, you know? sure, we, uh, yeah, because they have one job. They have, they have one job: obey the Pharisees, obey the law. That's who they work the for. Law. That's who's yeah. writing their checks. Exactly, yeah. and 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 for them, I, yeah, I think it's a great testimony for 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 them to come back and go. Nobody's ever spoken like this, which which begs the question, you know, do you sit in church listening to your leadership and then are, are surprised, you know, mm-hmm. by Jesus right. when he does stuff? Because, right. because here these guys, these temple guards, would have been guarding the temple on the Sabbath right. probably right. too right. and ensuring peace and keeping things. They would have been represented, representing the Pharisees' right. mentality. Right, and so and they would have heard the Pharisees their whole careers. Absolutely. Their careers are standing around listening to these guys talk. Now, yes, we can all fade away and go into our own thoughts and everything, but you can't help but start listening in on what you're hearing oh, sure. as a guard. Yeah. You know, they hear everything. They know what they're representing. Right, and so they know what these guys and so for them to know what every every thought every you know yeah kind of concept that these guys are working with now they may not understand them but they know that this is what these guys believe and then then to hear jesus put this so simply that they can they can understand this and be like well, why don't you talk like him? Right, right. What do you? Why do you do all that you're doing right. when this guy just talks about living water and, and right. you know? And we get this, right, right. And and I think they do, but I also think they don't. I mean, well, I, I love that. That I think they're like. I, I, I don't think they're fully converted. Maybe they, some of them were, but oh, I don't I, know I, that they were converted. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put an argument up for that. But, but still, they, they're they're so captivated, right? It, there's a great word. It's a ta- it's a testimony to if just guys listening to this this podcast, just read Jesus, right, and, and just let him be Jesus. Yep. Uh, not this, not this, this this unattainable distant person from just let him talk to you and listen to what he says there are people particularly the sermon on the mount in matthew 5 6 and 7 people who read that who didn't who didn't believe in jesus who look at that and were like the moral teaching of this is undeniably of the absolute highest nature this is not the work of some some idiot here this guy is not nuts this guy is calling people to a to to a relationship with god that that is undeniably moral insane and 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 so these guys are they're listening in and Jesus is doing this whole routine and they're like I think they're having the same reaction yeah. we're not really sure exactly what this is 
We're pretty. Sh- we're sure that it's something really good. Right. It is not worthy of arrest. It is. Yeah. It is good. People need to hear this. Yeah. And, and, you know. And, and I think going that's back profound. To, going know? back to the boss and saying, "Why aren't you listening to right. this? Right. Exactly. Why? Why are you want to arrest this guy? Exactly. Now that's profound. Anybody yeah. going to the boss and saying, "You know, I defied your order." Yeah. Because it really doesn't make sense to me. I mean, nope. you got to. You've got to really be pushed in order to do that. Amen. You know? Amen. So, well, this has been the uh, Dundee Church podcast. John chapter 7, the last half of 7. We really enjoy having you with us. Indeed. Looking forward to the next one, too. There there you go. We're just going to keep on going through the whole book of John. This is just such a profound and important study. Yeah. And if, hey, if you're just joining us, get, you know, check us, you know, go backwards. Yes. Go back and start at the beginning. Because we worked hard and we deserve (laughs) that. (laughs) Oh, what we deserve. We're not going to get it. You're just merging in. What do you think this Uh, is? Get back. No, but seriously. Get to work, people. It's great. It's a great Bible study. It's a great book to study because of the the joy that we get from seeing Christ interact with humans. Exactly. That's why we're doing it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.